this is Megan Chapa, the host of the Travel Agent Interview, and I am here with my family, Oriah Chapa and my husband, Joe, to conclude our four-part series on Sailing the Queen Mary 2 with Children and how you might also do that successfully. And tonight's podcast is going to be just concluding with some tips and tricks and stories that we didn't necessarily fit into the other categories. But first, we're going to welcome the fam. Welcome, Oriah. You want to say hi? Hi. Oriah is five. Joe, welcome back. Thanks. Great to be here. Sorry I have to wrap it up. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll have him back again some other time soon. But first, we're going to talk about a gadget for our tech or gadget minutes. And the gadget we're talking about is going to be the Cumon or maybe Kumon activity books for children. And it's a kind of a must-have if you have kids that really are... Uh, need some entertainment that is compact but also great to travel with. Um, Oriah, what ones have you done and what have you loved? I have I have done the kids cutting book. It is really fun. You get to cut out animals and you get to make paper puppets. Mm-hmm. And I also have done a maze in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And that is also pretty fun. And that's pretty much all I remember. There's a pasting book and a folding book. Folding book, and then there is a pasting book that's really fun, too. Yeah, but there's a couple of different levels of each of those. And the, the cutting books in particular, when she was about three, we got some kid scissors, and she followed the directions, and she cut through about two of those books in two days straight, and we ran out of books. But they're a good... A good uh, distraction for kids that's easy and flat to take with you so Kumon does educational books and and so if you have older kids you know fourth fifth sixth grade they'll have activity books that are appropriate Uh, but we found that at the younger ages specifically pre-k Kumon had a corner on the market on fun activities that also taught motor skills and stuff that the other publishers just didn't seem to have so we we really enjoyed them and uh, or I spent a lot of time in those books and we're sad they're over but we'll get them again for Joey right Oh, yeah. And I'll help him with the mazes when he's about three and he doesn't know the book. Oh, that sounds good. All right, well, let's get this episode started. And we're going to talk about our last things to finish up this podcast. Let's talk about some of the things that we experienced on the ship that might be good to know that didn't fall into other categories. The first thing I'm going to talk about is um, just moving slowly. I think that it's part of our American culture or just maybe from the Northeast to rush and really hustle about the ship. And uh, it was made very apparent to me that I needed to slow down because I cut a gentleman off from his wife. I didn't even know she was on the stairs, but he was waiting at the bottom of the stairs for her. And I think that she was about four stairs up and Uh, Joe witnessed, after I had already passed, um, somewhat of an insult thrown to me, as he said, American, of which we've been getting a lot of, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, We're wearing out the joke, probably American, from the Finding Nemo sharks. You know what I'm talking about, Araya, right? Yes and no. (laughs) Yes and no. So anyway, (laughs) just take your time. Don't hustle about... Um, it is an older crowd typically, and they're 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 in no rush. Everyone's just taking their time and enjoying things. So, don't be a busy American. Just take your time and um, enjoy it. Anything to add to that, Joe? I don't know what he said exactly. He did mumble the word American under his breath. I'm not sure if it was directed at us or not. 
He was just quoting the Nemo movie. But maybe he was rushing a bit too much, because how do you get four stairs ahead of your wife? I'm just saying. Yeah, for real. Wait for her at the top of the stairs. Or let her go first, right? Come on now. Shoot. Hey, Araya. What was your favorite part of the ship? Well, it was probably the pool and the tea. The pool and the tea? I thought you were going to say the kids' zone and the science area. Well, the science area and the kids' zone and... Tell us about the pool and the tea. What did you love about that? Well, we definitely had tea. (laughs) (laughs) It was was the tea, though. We definitely had tea. Um, And then we had tiny cakes. Tiny cakes. Did they sit us with people we knew or people we didn't know? People that we did not know, but then we just met them. Yeah, and they were nice? Yep. Very, very nice. Did they have any music that day? Yeah. It was a string quartet. Mm. They had a string quartet kind of music. On the barn floor. And where did we sit, though? Near the window. We sat near the window. So we could see the... Ocean. We saw the ocean. Were the waves big that day? Yes. But you didn't feel it very much, did you? No, I did not feel it very much. Yeah, it's a big ship. What about the pool? What was the pool like? Yeah, tell us about the pool. Well, the pool was very cold. cold. The outside pool was very, very cold. Remember? (sighs) Oh, I remember. (laughs) We tried that one. It looked like a nice day, and Orion really wanted to swim the outside pool. So we tried it, but by the time we got our swimming suits on and everything all settled, we went outside, and it it was overcast. And there was a tiny bit of moisture in the air. I wouldn't call it rain, but it was close and it was cold. Yes. And it was we, chilly. And we finally got in the pool. The pool was like ice cold. Did you go <laughs> in the hot tub afterwards? Yes. We sat in the hot tub. We went in the pool. We had to go inside. We got a towel. We went inside. We got to number seven. Then we did. I mean, number 12. And then we got in that pool. The indoor pool, that's yes. right. So we only lasted about seven or eight minutes outside. It was a, it was a wonderful seven or eight minutes. But then we moved to the indoor pool where we actually Which was swam much, much better. That's right. We yeah. swam like nine or eight times in the inside pool. We only swam about seven times in the outdoor pool. Yeah, very quickly, like into the pool, into the hot tub, into the pool, into the hot tub. And then we couldn't take it anymore. Oh, like Alaska dip. Pool, hot tub. Pool, hot tub, done. <laughs> well, Joe and I also tried to do the outdoor swimming the, the day before that, thinking there's nobody out there in the hot tubs. We should go right now. And we ended up getting rained on and blown around. It was the roughest day at sea, and we could watch the water slowly roll out of the hot tub from side to side as the boat changed directions. Well, we know plenty of people who have hot tubs in cooler climates, and they use them when it's cold outside, and it's okay because it's a hot tub. And so my expectation was that the water would be plenty warm outside, and it it really just wasn't. Yeah, I think the wind was just cooling it off too fast. uh, It was not sufficient on those We also saw the green water. Oh, yeah. That's right. So when we went to the outside pool, it was on the aft of the ship, and so we got to see the wake of the boat, kind of all the the trail churned up. Yeah, we saw the the seaweed. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that there was any seaweed, but it was, well, it was a type foamy. Of bug. A bug? <laughs> it was well on the. We're not sure. I don't know why it turns green. We have to look it up. But maybe it was turning up algae or something. But it turned the water green, 
And there was a long green trail leading up to the aft of the ship, and it was beautiful, but you had to be willing to sit in that cold water in the cold air and possibly rain to enjoy it. Yeah, so probably if, uh, if you're leaving New York, it would be good to, to do it on your first couple of days while the water's still a little uh, calmer and the temperature's a little warmer. All right, moving on. What do we think Joey would say his favorite part of the ship was? I think that he would say the kid zone. The kid zone. I think unlimited juice and unlimited milk. Oh, yeah, unlimited juice and unlimited milk. That would definitely be what he would say. Do you think he needs to apologize to anybody for throwing tantrums? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think he needs to apologize to some kids and workers for having a leaky diaper and sitting on their lap? No. Yeah. Just to bring Ora some vindication, I just looked it up and it turns out that the propellers of the ship churn up the phytoplankton and that brings it in contact with more oxygen and that's why it appears more green. So there is an animal of some kind or bug or something in the water that's being churned up to turn it green and it was beautiful and we saw it in the rain. Okay, I've just been schooled by my five-year-old. High five. High five, five-year-old. Good connection. <laughs> Joe, is there anything you want to talk about? I know you love the bow of the ship, and we tried to talk about swimming outside. Any last tips on that? Uh, well, I've said it before, but I like, I loved about the ship that there were places you could kind of sneak off and, and have some quiet times where you're not surrounded by thousands of people. And it seemed like the front of the ship or the bow of the ship in general was one of those places. So first of all, on the promenade deck, uh, deck seven, where you can walk all the way around, up front were, there were these massive, um, what looked like metal sculptures, and we thought it was art. We thought maybe it had something to do with vectoring the wind as it approached the boat. And we, we walked by a little plaque, and it turns out that those are turbine blades. They're spare turbine blades. For the ship's propellers, they're really, really cool. And so if for some reason something went wrong with the ship, they've got a new blade right there ready to go. Um, And so I thought that was just a really cool sort of artistic thing that's that's 100% utilitarian. Um, So that sort of sets the stage because from every deck above that, you can see those those pieces down there on deck seven. Um, Deck eight, there's a deck that's... um, uh, I guess deck eight was the library. So if I haven't talked about the library yet, um, this is the largest library at sea. They have 8,000 volumes. And it functions like a normal library. You can take out two books at a time, go read them wherever you like, and they just ask that you return them uh, during the last day at sea. Um, and then I'm going to get confused about the numbers here, but above that there's a deck where um, there's a, a bridge sort of room. Uh, it's, a, it's a room that's devoted to playing bridge. When I wandered up there, there was no one in there except one woman who was checking the bridge scores for the day. She was very serious about that. And from there, you could walk out onto an open deck at the very bow of the ship. So if you look at pictures of the ship online, you'll see that um, at the front of the ship where the bridge is, it's especially wide. That's to give the crew maximum visibility uh, fore and aft of the ship. Uh, But there's a number of decks from about deck 8, I suppose, through deck 12 that keeps that same shape. And so you have to wonder what they're doing with all that space. Well, um, there's the deck, uh, there's a library on 8, there's the deck on, uh, I guess it would be about 9, um, that bridge room, we found the Commodore Club, which was just a, a bar mm-hmm. lounge, and we had a wonderful time there. We talked about that last time with the music, um, or a couple episodes ago, and it wasn't very crowded. It was enjoyable. There were big windows. You could actually find a seat next to the window and look out the front of the ship. Um, and, uh, and, and that's where we found the secret elevator. So we did notice on maps of the ship throughout, there was reference to, a, I think they called it the sightseeing elevator. And from the Commodore Lounge, we saw people enter that elevator. And at first we thought that must just be for people with queens Princess or princess girls. Yeah. 
uh, the, the sort of the suites up at the front of the ship. And it's true, you can access those floors from that elevator, but there was nothing restricted about it. You didn't need a special um, room key or anything. And so we took it and we happened to step into this, um, this elevator, which is three quarters glass around the, the sides, kind of a curved glass facade, right at sunset, looking out at sunset over the ocean. It was just beautiful. So um, don't tell anybody, but we rode it three or four times up and down just to, uh, just to enjoy that sunset a little bit longer. And it was awesome, and it's something that people didn't know about. And we came down to find a father and daughter who were just kind of exploring, and we said, hey, you got to check out this elevator. And they were right there next to it and had no idea it was there. So that was a nice little find. We knew it existed, but it wasn't well advertised, and that was one of those places where you could kind of sneak off and, and just have a moment. It also lets off at the Canyon Ranch Spa. So if you were in the spa, you could take this up to the Commodore Lounge. But that's where you can find it right there. So one tip that we want to talk about that is just general cruise etiquette, but is especially important in this ship because it's an older ship and the the passenger cabins are used for both entry to your room, but also as just general passages for the flow of traffic around the ship. So one thing that's important to do is keep the room service trays out of the hallway. So I think a lot of people don't know that when you're done with your room service tray, rather than put it outside of your room, you should call your cabin steward or the room service folks and they will come get it because um, a lot of people, as we've said, are um, using some kind of aid to walk, whether that be a wheelchair or a walker or a cane. And those hallways tend to get narrow when there's room service trays and also um, maybe sometimes like a service cart of some sort. So just general tip that this is an older ship so you should know that the, the hallways are a little narrower and that um, the, the traffic is not necessarily going through the center of the ship. It will be along the corridors next to your room. So that's just one little tip there. Um, Joe, do you want to talk about um, the theme nights? Sure. Yeah. The, the only, um, so during the crossings, they'll have a theme night planned in advance. The only one we got to experience, obviously, was the one on our cruise, and that was um, a, masquerade. Uh, a masquerade ball. So the masquerade ball, there was everything from those of us that didn't participate to people who had obviously custom ordered their matching, you know, bedazzled, probably multi-carat masks. It, it, some of them were pretty nuts. Lots of feathers. Yeah, there, were, there were some shiny things and some dangly things. There was really a lot going on. Uh, some of these masks looked extremely heavy. Um, and so there was a full full spectrum from those that didn't participate to the to the full, uh, the full deal. I think there were many in between, and I say that because um, there were a number of kind of cheap masks that were donated by other guests. So my guess is last minute... You know, they went to the dollar store. They got a pack of three for a dollar. They yeah, used one and, and donated the other two. So, and then if you wanted a nice one, you could buy them in real time. But um, obviously, some people planned in advance and went all out for this to include costumes. So it wasn't just you know a nice ball gown and a tux. Some people were costumed out with you know the mask and feathers and I don't even know what else. Um, so it was pretty nuts. And I can imagine that on other theme nights on other crossings that people go uh, just as all out for those. Yeah. So as, as- Invested in the theme nights as you want to be, which you can find out prior to your boarding, whether you call in or you log into the online system, you can find out what it's going to be. But as invested in that as you want to be, uh, people will not be taken aback by it. They will love it. So go ahead and get dressed up for that. All right, Araya, we want to talk about some traditions that you can take on the ship. One of the things is 
uh, well, we saw some people leaving notes in each other's door. They created kind of some mailboxes to leave each other notes, which was fun. But we did something. We brought something on the ship that we participated in, and that is the Delaware Valley Rocks Club. And we found a happy rock, and the rock said happy on it. It was painted, and the back of the rock said, if found, please post on the Delaware Valley Rocks Club page. So where did we find it? We found it at the Children's Museum in Colorado Springs. No, that one was in New Jersey, somewhere in New Jersey. Yep, we met our friends there in New Jersey. That's where it was. Oh, uh, yeah, in New Jersey, actually. Yep. And... Where did we hide it? We hid it on the cruise ship. Yep. And we hid it in the corner of an elevator. And the next time we went in that elevator, Rock was gone. Rock was gone. Where did it go after we found it? Italy. It wasn't Italy. I think it was... Is it Guernsey? Guernsey. Guernsey. I think I think it's pronounced Guernsey, but we should learn because it's not that far from us now, here in the UK. So Guernsey, a small island off the coast of somewhere in France. It's off the coast of France, yeah. yeah. So it's it's sort of off the channel uh, between the UK and France, and, and it's right by the island of Jersey. And it would have been pretty cool if that rock made it to old yeah, Jersey, from Jersey to Jersey, in New Jersey. But it didn't quite <laughs> make it there. So whoever picked it up off the ship was obviously on their way to um, to do some things. It looked like maybe they had just run a marathon or, or a, a race of some kind, yeah. the, the picture that they posted. Um, so that was really exciting. So they picked it up, they took it with them to Guernsey, and they made it part of their travels there. And we were able to share that with the people who created the rock, and it was all pretty cool. Yep, and now it's in Ireland, Dublin, Ireland, I think. So mm. um, if you have any traditions that you love and want to keep going, the people on the ship are very agreeable to do so, and it was a lot of fun. One last thing we wanted to talk about as far as tips is some additional things that you might want to bring to make your crossing a little, um, if you know, if you want to spend some quiet time. There were a lot of people, uh, of course, reading books, but they were doing it on the deck and they were doing it with small blankets. If you were in an inside cabin like we were, there were not any additional blankets to take out like a throw or a shawl of some sort. So uh, if you wanted to spend some time on the deck, that would be important as it is a little breezy out there. But people also brought binoculars and crochet and knitting projects, which is which is pretty neat to see that progress over the course of the ship. But as far as the binoculars go, there was a pod of dolphins that followed the ship on the first day, and that was pretty exciting. And there was a couple people with binoculars that just had them out scanning the skyline. And as we got closer to Southampton, they were able to spot the ships that we were coming into the fishing lane. So... That was pretty exciting and just maybe something you want to consider bringing. I guess let's talk about the disembarkation pro uh, process. Do you want to talk about that, Joe? Yeah, so I thought it went extremely smoothly. Uh, the um, tags that we talked about in a previous episode, we left those on all of our luggage. So all of our luggage was tagged. Um, and that includes your room number, but also your deck number. And so uh, as we departed, um, there was a scheduled time for each deck to go through a customs review. And so they strongly advise you to go during your scheduled time, but you must go at some point. And so uh, one afternoon, we uh, we just wandered into the main dining room where they were conducting the um, 
the customs, um, or rather the uh, immigration uh, review, and that all went smoothly. We were in and out in about five minutes. They reviewed passports and all that, which just saves us time when thousands of people are getting off the boat at the same time. So I thought that was a nice touch to get that done in advance. Then as we got off the ship, all of our luggage was, all the luggage we wanted to give up was outside the room the previous night. I think they wanted it out there before 11 or yeah, p.m. or midnight, maybe midnight. Yeah. Uh, and so all of our big bags were out there. We took the things we wanted with us, diaper bag, stroller, purse, things like that. Uh, and so then we had an assigned time where we were supposed to be in the queen's room, which was the ballroom. And uh, we were there by that time. And really, within about five minutes of our assigned time, they, uh, they told us that it was time for us to go. So they were right on schedule. We were deck five. It looked like they were going from the bottom of the ship to the top. And by the time they got to us, they were still on schedule. Uh, so a fairly long line of people started meandering out of the, um, the ship. They needed to scan our uh, room keys just to make sure there's no stowaways and everyone actually got off the ship. So they scanned those uh, and then we went to get our luggage. The luggage was laid out and clearly marked, painted on the floor, um, as well as with signs, marked lanes for each, uh, each deck. And so we went to deck five. We found all of our luggage fairly quickly, I would say within about five minutes, save one bag, the bag that had all of our formal wear in it. It was kind of a folding garment bag, a pretty big garment bag. And we never did find that. I did find on uh, in the deck five lane, I found one that looked similar to ours. So we assumed that someone took ours by mistake. Uh, and the people who worked there um, for the... Um, port, the cruise port, uh, they were helpful and they actually advised me to call him the number that he left on his suitcase. So I called him and left a message. He was an American guy named Tony. Uh, and then I went out and filled a form with the baggage company saying that I had lost a bag. And so this was of course on a Friday. So it took the weekend for us to get it back. But I got a call back from him. He was very kind and recognized that he had made a mistake. So he actually took a cab back to the cruise port to sw swap out the bags. And then the baggage company sent somebody. And we were at this point staying two and a half hours away from the port. The baggage company sent somebody driving up here to drop it off at no cost to us. Uh, so it took me, I would say, all told five days to get my bag back. But I didn't have to pay for anything. Uh, and it was uh, it was a pretty responsive system. I think if we had gotten in on a, anything other than a Friday, it would have gone a lot quicker. Uh, so overall, I'm a little bit bummed that someone took my bag, but as far as the, the Queen Mary and the port and the baggage company, they all, all performed uh, extremely well, I thought. Yeah, and uh, just a note, even if you've gone through your drawers multiple times, have someone else go through your drawers because I left a ton of clothes on the ship and have not remembered to call them back, so... Um, if you have, if you're, you know, if you're in the cabin with your husband, just have your husband go through the drawers because, you know, you'll be missing your undergarments if they're all left on the ship. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was that the morning of disembarkation, they're serving full breakfast. So if you get up prior to your disembarkation time, you can have a full breakfast. They're doing made to order eggs and everything is just all out as beautiful as if it was, you know, any previous day. So that's all available to you. Um, and one other thing is that when everybody's packing up and their bags are going off, there are just some people that you can tell just like gave up, They're like whatever, it's my last day, I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, well, and we probably should mention if you are traveling with kids as we were, we had to be out of the rooms by something like eight in the morning mm -hmm. and our, our, uh, disembarkation time wasn't until 1030. So we did have two and a half hours to kill. We got breakfast, um, but then we had a lot of sitting around to do. So we were, I think, fairly well prepared. We had some toys that we intentionally hadn't let the kids see yet. Uh, we had the standard electronics. We had Uno that we could play. And, and that felt, of course, you know, with little kids, that felt like a much longer period of time than two and a half hours. 
Uh, but we made it through and everyone did reasonably well. So if you are traveling with children, just be prepared for that, that you're not going to know your disembarkation time. And so you need to, you need to budget some, some, maybe some snacks and some uh, games and activities. Yep. And they, they put you in the queen's ballroom while you're waiting for your disembarkation time. So you can camp out and you can, you know, claim a section as your own with tables and chairs and have a little game area for yourself there where, and there's plenty of room there. So everyone is going to, like, you won't, if your kids are having a meltdown, as ours did at one point, you won't bother other guests too much. So just be prepared for that and keep some things out of your luggage uh, in order to have some things to do while you're waiting to disembark. And if you wanted to disembark earlier, you can. You just have to carry your own belongings off the ship. And don't lose those tags because you need them in order to keep your luggage, you know, if they're going to deliver it and be able to identify all, all your luggage as being together, you need to have those those luggage tags, so don't tear them off when you get on the ship. Leave them on there. And I think that that's everything, babe. Oh, all right, has two other things. Go ahead, babe. I did not get to see the dolphins. Well, you were in the True kids' story. club. True story. I did bring you out to the library to try to see the dolphins where I saw them, but we just didn't see any. You just, we can't make the dolphins stay. They go where they want to go, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I did my very best dolphin call and everything. They just refused to respond. It's a whole wild thing, you know? And, like, when you're going out to, like, a tea and then your kids can't come, you can go to, you can drop them off the kid zone. And if they're bigger and you also don't want them to go, there's a bigger kid section that's, they have big kid Legos. Mm-hmm. That I like, and then can't remember what they have, but they have really good big kid stuff, and I think they have some card games. Did you have more fun in the tea or more fun in the kids' zone? Both. Both. Oh, you knew the question. Okay. And I think we're gonna wrap it up. And with that. I'll leave you with a quote that I heard on the ship on the last day. Uh, there was a dad who was clearly getting ready to go to the early seating for dinner. It was about 6 o'clock. He was all dressed up, and he had his two kids. He was holding one, holding hands with each of them, walking them toward the kid zone. And I didn't hear what the kid said, but I heard the dad say in a very English accent, I know you want to stay on the Queen Mary too, but we can't. And I said to him, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> and here we are, cooking for ourselves. Oh, come on. You love my cooking. Get it together, kid. <laughs> and missing the Queen Mary. <laughs> All right, baby. Let's say good night. Good night. Bye bye. I hope I can do this podcast again. Good night. Bye bye. Good night. <laughs> good night. Thanks for having us both. We'll yes. be back. Wonderful. This is Megan, the host of the travel agent interview, saying good night. <laughs>